0: Welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, whether it be murder, whether it be a building collapsing. I hope the title implies this. My name is Emma Sexton. I am your host today. And today we are joined by the lovely Nicole. Nicole Von Cannon. Yes, hello. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Having a great day. Good. Beautiful day in Southern California. It
0: is. <laughs> I feel like
1: it should sometimes
0: I wish that we had like winter you know what I mean yeah. like we had a an actual season that wasn't just like summer but then I realized that I hate the cold and I don't actually want that in um, my life
1: and then I think about like you know like Christmas like it'd be nice or whatever but I don't think I could ever drive in snow. Like I'm scared to no, drive in rain. No, I can barely drive. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say I can
0: barely drive in the rain. Last time I was driving in the rain, I turned to left and like literally the <laughs> back of my car just skidded out and I was terrified. And then I was like, what if I was what if I was born in Minnesota? Like what would I do? Cry. <laughs> do you think that people who are born in cold places just have like a natural like they're they're less cold all the
1: you know what I mean? I don't know, because I feel like, you know, you go to, like, New York or whatever, and then you're there, and you're like, oh, I'm getting used to it, but then, like, can you really get used to it?
0: Yeah, can't, I guess that's the question, Cause because my like, parents lived in, on the East Coast, like, pretty much like, all their lives, and they said one of the main reasons they moved to California was because of the winters. Yeah. Like, they just hated it.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I've lived here my whole life, and, like, 60s, cold, But I mean, I guess if you live in like Maine, like 60 is like a nice day. But I mean, you still have to bundle up. It's not like you can wear like shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, unless you can.
0: That's the weird thing is because like now that I'm in college, you know, there's people that are like from other areas. Like, for example, there's this girl in one of my classes is from Boston and I was like, literally wearing a sweater and like <laughs> jeans and cuz it was like 60 out or yeah. maybe like 58. Yeah. And I was like bundled up because I was yeah. like it is freezing outside. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she comes in class wearing a dress, like a sundress. And I was like how are you not cold? She's like I'm from Boston. This is like a sunny day in Boston. I was like yeah. man, what a different I wonder if I would have grown up in Boston if I would have been just like chilling in 60 degree weather instead of being like I don't a know. total just completely. because
1: like what if you're born in boston and then you just never get used to it and then you're miserable all the time yeah i mean yeah i guess maybe it's genetic <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i i sometimes think there's actually something wrong with me because of how cold i am all the time
1: no like, some people have like high blood pressure where they're like always hot i think that's a thing i don't know yeah
0: my mom has that yeah she's yeah. always warm so maybe
1: it's like, like a cold version yeah very true or people that are that 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 anemic yeah, I used to think that if you said like you were cold-blooded, you'd be like cold all the time. But then I realized like reptiles are like cold-blooded. I, think <laughs> I learned that in second grade. I don't really know where I was going with that, but I, don't I love know. that.
0: Well, Nicole, I just realized we were talking about blood and warm and cold, <laughs> and we completely forgot to ask you the question we ask all of our first-time guests on this show, which is. How much you know about true crime? Are you a true crime fanatic? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to like documentaries and stuff like that? Or are you not that into true crime? Like you haven't really researched or heard of it much. Just kind of level with us about where you're at with true crime.
1: Well, my father is a retired police officer. So I grew up my entire life watching like forensic files and Dateline and all that good stuff. And yeah, I watched like Criminal Minds, you know, watched that whole thing, got paranoid from every single episode ever. So um, yeah, still like today, I thought I was going to die because my toilet flushed and I was the only person home and I was not in the bathroom. That is terrifying though. Maybe my house is just haunted. (laughs) But maybe your dog can flush a toilet. Maybe. But you're kind of just it scares you more than you're like actively seeking Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess because like my dad will come home and like tell us stories or he used to because he's retired now, I guess. But I don't know. Like I'm scared of it, but I do have a pretty good knowledge of it. I feel like. What's like an example of something your dad would tell you guys after coming home? Like, do you remember any specific stories where you were like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I mean some of them like I probably like shouldn't talk about but like one of them I remember there was like this like drug deal or something and then like the cops were like undercover and like they met in this warehouse and then there's like the whole SWAT team and I thought it was like so cool and then I realized like that's like an everyday thing for them and then yeah that's (laughs) crazy yeah no it's like weird because like he worked in East LA so obviously like that's pretty
0: there's more (laughs) like a higher crime rate than where we live yeah for sure yeah that's I didn't know he worked up in L.A. Yeah. That's crazy. He was L.A.
1: PD, yeah. Or not L.A. It was Montebello. So it's like Dang, L.A. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I I always think it's interesting. Like
0: I have had some people on the show where that either their parent is a cop or I've had someone on the show who their job is doing like family counseling and things like that for yeah, yeah, yeah. victims of mm-hmm certain things i would classify under true crime and it's always interesting to hear like the perspective of if you've grown up with it how yeah. is it different than if you just came into it like recently because i was kind of yeah. a similar way where like i would watch criminal minds and stuff mm-hmm. when i was a kid and get totally freaked out by it but mm-hmm. my grandma watched dateline with me when i was a kid and like yeah it's always i've known about it my entire life where mm-hmm. it's like some people are just kind of coming to the
1: yeah. realization of like the interest in true crime I guess because I feel like a lot of people see the stuff on the movies and stuff and they're like oh yeah the cops always win blah, blah 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 but like a lot of times it's not the case like yeah there's been like a lot of tragedies that my dad has gone through like sometimes there's like things that happen where he has to go see like a therapist for a certain amount of hours and stuff like that and just talk about like whatever the situation is that happened but I don't know yeah people think it's like just like the movies, but there's a lot more that, that goes into it. So yeah, for sure. Pretty scary. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever go into that.
0: I, w- <laughs> I would be literally the worst police officer. I, I don't know. I feel like I may have told this story on the podcast, so I'll just keep it brief. But one time I was sitting in my room listening to a podcast on John Wayne Gacy, who's like the clown killer. Mm-hmm. We'll cover him at some point on here. But um, <laughs> I heard my like side door open and I got so freaked out. I was like, Bro. And I like heard footsteps in my kitchen, but I was the only one home. And I was like, oh. no. So I grabbed a pair of scissors. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked out into the hallway and like my side door is like completely open and like the door the gate that like leads into my where you can get to the side door is open and it had been oh. closed. And I was like, oh my gosh, there was someone in my house. Yeah. And so I start like investigating. I'm like yeah. looking around trying yeah, to see yeah. who was here. And then later my neighbor like comes. Basically, I find out that it was a toddler had wandered into my <laughs> house. Like somehow this toddler kicked open the gate, my neighbor's oh. kid, and opened my side door and came into my and kitchen, you're, like, prepared with walked scissors. around <laughs> and left. And I was like, okay, this is not good because I didn't even see this kid. And I was like, deathly terrified yeah. of this child that just walking around in my kitchen but like
1: no, yeah
0: I, I can't imagine if it had been an actual situation like right. what like, i would do yeah I like just like teenage couldn't.
1: girls like that's yes i don't know what i would ever do with that
0: i i like, always am like if i'm faced with an actual scenario like <laughs> i just think always be prepared always be cautious yeah. honestly your best tool is just being able to call the police yeah. or something like that there's yeah. no one someone who can handle it because i always think about that fact of like Most of the people who are interested in true crime, it's kind of strange, are mostly, people often don't expect this, but it's mostly women and mostly younger women, typically. Probably because
1: we're the ones who are targeted a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot (laughs) of the
0: time. And then it's like, on top of that, it's kind of interesting, the fact that most of the people that, not saying that everyone that attacks women is bigger or anything like that, but a lot of times, like, if you're being attacked by a male, it's... They're physically like yeah. bigger and taller than yeah, you. So yeah. it's it's extremely hard to defend yourself. Yeah. So it's just like this interesting dynamic of I feel like since more women are listening to true crime stuff and like it's such a big thing with women. It's. Mm-hmm slowly like doing good by teaching people okay here's how you can be prepared here's warning signs of when to just run like get the hell out and just like there's this one podcast that their motto is f politeness yeah just like if you're in a bad situation just get out yeah so that's that's partially i think like even though it is talking about such a grim subject at least it's very much about like it has good effects
1: and benefits to it Mm -hmm. for sure like this morning don't know why I was in the shower and I was thinking about the Zodiac killer
0: because I was just <laughs>
1: thinking about San Francisco and then that just I don't know popped up in my mind and then I thought like like what would I do like if I'm in the shower like I am completely vulnerable yeah like I don't know I just like, what am I gonna to do like door. my shower like I don't know if this is too in-depth but like my what whatever they're called the shower doors are like clear yeah like I just I'm like like, what do I do? <laughs> I get freaked out by that a lot because I feel like it's
0: just, honestly, just the idea of being completely, like, when you're in the shower, you have your eyes closed yeah, like 90% of the time. Exactly. So you don't have shampoo in your eyes and yeah. stuff. That's why, honestly, I prefer to shower in bathrooms that walk because, like, I just yeah. I, I mean, just what do like you have that to offend Like a razor? Yeah, pretty I mean, much. Like, like shampoo bottle.
1: I know. I know. And then it slips out of your hand.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only person that does this, but sometimes when I walk into a room, like, mm-hmm. and honestly just like any room mm-hmm. i analyze like where my exits
1: are before i like no, proceed to every single time i'm in a movie theater or at a, like a concert i like sit down and i'm like okay like where would i get out especially like not just because of like crime stuff but like if there's like an earthquake i'm like where am i running to yeah obviously we live in california so yeah that's for an sure issue. <laughs> that's
0: why i feel like my friends are always like emma if there was an emergency like i'm going with you because i'm i feel like i'm just very over and hopefully a lot of people are but just like over prepared for something bad to happen
1: (laughs) which is probably
0: not the healthiest way to live but it's very like at least i know like i'm very prepared like if something happens i would know i kind of have my like course of action worked out beforehand like especially before i went to go see joker in the movie theater. oh yeah 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 I was freaked out, man. because yeah. I my sister was supposed to go see Joker the day there was a shooting threat at our movie theater oh, in town. Yeah, I remember and that. I was I texted her, I was like, You're not going to that movie. If I have to drive back from college and physically put you <laughs> in my car, you're not going to that movie. Yeah. But I went to go see it at that same theater like mm-hmm. a month later. Whatever. Yeah, no, so I, don't I know. was freaked out when yeah. I first walked in there. I was like, Man, Something bad could happen. So I was sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm ex- on my right, exit on my left, exit behind you. Yeah. If I really needed to, I could probably break the glass where the projector yeah, is. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm just yeah. like, I feel like it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I know? feel like
1: that's something that we kind of grew up with, especially like watching true crime and stuff. We kind of have to always be on our toes.
0: Yeah. And Nicole and I go way back. We really do. We literally, I've known you since you were like three years old. Yeah. Yeah. I We used to... um because our parents are friends we used to always hang out usually you at your house I feel like yeah. and then we did plays like we'd make we're our brother and
1: sister like kiss. <laughs>
0: kiss we made them go we were like so obsessed with putting on little dates for them and stuff yeah and we made a band called guys this is how messed up we were as children our band was called the rising nightmares yeah and we would play nicole played the drums yeah yeah nicole, and- that was so cool <laughs> and i would sing and i think zach would Play the or guitar dance Noelle would dance. Oh, okay. So funny because she can't dance, but sometimes she'll still do the little dance from yeah the band because it's just the funniest thing ever. Yeah, and it's just yeah it's so funny. Like it's very, it, I don't know. It's always nice when you can have like it's easy to talk to you, yeah. especially on the podcast just because yeah. we've known each other for so long. Like, you know like what I mean? A
1: million trillion years. Yeah, but yeah, it's so weird. We have so much history. She used to have like these dresses. That we would like put on and then one day i was like where's the dress and you didn't have it and i like started crying <laughs> because i was so mad i was like how could you get rid of it you know that i love that dress yeah you
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, what actually happened was another one of my friends stole that dress i know what dress you're talking- the red dress right yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my friends
1: stole it that's so but uh, we fa- and- i
0: found that out later in my life <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> well, i was like mom whatever happened to those costumes yeah. i don't remember yeah and she's like oh honey one of your friends stole them and then moved <laughs> and i was like oh okay i we were suppose. like six and they
1: already know how to steal things yeah I
0: know, concerning but anyway oh well. well let's talk about <laughs> murder all right <laughs> there's no there's no real smooth transition sometimes there's like a randomly good smooth transition but today we're just gonna go with let's talk about murder all right well so today we're talking about the murder of a man named Abraham Shakespeare, which is by far the best <laughs> name I've ever heard. I like you're gonna
1: say Abraham Lincoln, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be talking
0: about a a. a I would have used the Joker <laughs> transition if that was the ca- case we're talking about, but no, we're talking about Abraham Shakespeare. This is kind of a more recent case. It happened about like ten years ago. Most of it went down, but um, we're going to be talking about. Basically, this guy's life and the case that happened around him. So, Abraham Shakespeare in 2006, he was a truck driver's assistant in Florida. So, he would basically just drive everywhere with this guy, take over what he needed him. He was making like eight bucks an hour and he described himself as broke. Mm -hmm. Um, But Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah, truly. (laughs) But then he actually ended up winning the lottery. He won the $30 million jackpot. And he chose to take it as a one-time deposit in cash. So he got $17 million from a $2 lottery ticket sold in Florida. And after taxes, he ended up taking home like $11 million. That's
1: still... This
0: guy who never had much money in in his entire life. And just, you know, like won this money out of nowhere. Yeah. Just... Boom, $11 million to his name. And that's just the start of the story. (laughs) But yeah, so this guy literally wins the lottery. (laughs) And then he, um, in January of 2007, uh, he buys like a million dollar home in this really nice community in Lakeland, Florida. And then he also buys like two cars. He bought like a pickup truck and a Nissan Altima. And he also bought a Rolex watch. But other than that, he didn't really buy any other big purchases like that was pretty okay. much the extent he lived very frugally he never spent more than seven dollars on a meal even okay. after he won the lottery Good for like him. he wasn't letting it really change his life mm-hmm. except for and the fact that- except for the fact <laughs> that he won the lottery <laughs> but he did buy like a nice house and everything yeah. so in april of 2007 this guy michael ford who he had gone into the shop with to buy the lottery ticket he mm-hmm. sues him and he's like you stole the winning lottery ticket from oh, it was one of the ones where you yeah. had to go in and like you give them numbers and right. they give you a ticket mm-hmm. based on that and shakespeare is the one who guessed these numbers but then michael ford sued him and said that he had guessed the numbers and that he had uh. stolen the lottery ticket out of his wallet and and because Aww. of that, he should get at least a million dollars of the prize. Obviously, um, Abraham Shakespeare was like, uh, no, yes. I did not steal anything. You are yeah. a complete liar. So they actually went to court. And eventually, um, the jury said, okay, you're just a liar. <laughs> like, yeah. clearly you're a liar. You're making this up to get money.
1: Yeah, so as anyone would.
0: the charges didn't end up going anywhere. Okay. It was just like the kind of the first of a series of events that would be make abraham shakespeare a little bit depressed because he would talk about the fact that the money had ruined his life and the fact okay. that he he used to be broken sometimes he felt like he would be better off broke than yeah. having won the money because he felt like everyone around him was slowly turning on him mm-hmm. just because they wanted to have some money from him and it's like it's kind of sad i there's this yeah. whole entire um like series called on i, th- I think it's like a, a dumb channel it's like e or something okay yeah (laughs) and uh they it's this whole series called the curse of the lottery winner where it's basically just like tracking the he actually had an episode on him where it's just tracking these people who it's like after they win the lottery what happens and usually it's a like they spend all the money super quickly and end up broke again and like have terrible habits yeah or b like something bad happens to them after they get the money or they like go crazy or something because of it yeah it's very strange the how yeah. many people who win the lottery like can't handle
1: that yeah
0: I but i mean know. like
1: i don't know if i would either because I, I would say i want to be anonymous don't you have like that choice to be anonymous or I, something yeah i think you do because i just like just showing people that you earn them or like not earned it obviously you kind of just bought it yeah <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like people would completely take advantage of that. Yeah. I, I feel think like so like, many people just kind of want the attention of it too. Not just yeah. the money.
0: But it's kind of funny because I always think like, oh, if I win the lottery, I would do this and this and this. But I'm like, what would I even do with $11, $11 million? Like I no, wouldn't yeah. need to buy like the greatest house exactly. ever. Costs, like I have no need. I'm one person. But like what do you – what would you even do with that? And I know Abraham Shakespeare actually um, – gave lots of his money like to charity he wanted to do good, good things with those money like yeah. he was clearly a good person like he came yeah. from humble beginnings and then this great thing happened to him mm-hmm. and it just ended up backfiring because yeah he was like you said just taken advantage of mm-hmm. so in october of 2008 this woman uh Dee, Dee moore so she went by dd Dee Dee, that wasn't obviously her real name <laughs> but um she arranges to meet with abraham shakespeare because she wants to write a book about him that's what she tells okay. him at least and so she convinces him uh in the end after like talking for a couple months he can she convinces him that uh he should let her help him manage his fi- his finances like that because she owns her own company um and so she was like i can help you like manage all your money." We'll put it into this corporation. And there's mm-hmm. like news articles. If you go back, I think it's in the Chicago Tribune that I read this. But there's an article where Abraham Shakespeare is like, I'm opening this company, Abraham Shakespeare, LLC. And like, it's going to help okay. people and do yeah. all these great things and like help. It's going to do real estate and like all this stuff. And that was the account that was being managed by D.D. Moore. It literally had like all his money in it. Oh wow. Right. So she like opens this account. And they they have like the business down payment, whatever. It's like a million dollars into the account right away. Mm -hmm. But like days after he puts his money into this account, she kind of takes him off of the account. So he just doesn't have access to any of his money
1: anymore. So it's kind of just under her name.
0: It's yeah, it's basically just completely under her name. And like fairly soon after they start the account, a million dollars is transferred out of it. Like she just takes a million dollars of his money into her like into her own account for her business. And then not long afterward, um, like she gave herself the ability to sign for his money. How shady. I know. So she basically just completely took over all of his funds under the disguise of being his financial manager.
1: That's crazy. Because you would never think you're like, oh, this person like wants to write a book about me like they want to see about my life. And then she's like. Just kidding! I just want to steal all your millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean clearly it was premeditated to take his money. Right.
1: There was never any. I don't think there was. Yeah,
0: I don't think there was ever going to be a book. But um, she after she withdrew the one million dollars, she bought a Hummer, she bought a Corvette, she bought a truck, and she went on a vacation. <laughs> like she literally spent the Hummer that she bought ninety thousand oh. dollars. The Corvette she bought seventy thousand dollars. And then she obviously she bought a truck and went on vacation. Like she was oh. spending all this money, she, and she
1: just bought it all like full price right away. She really does not know how to manage her money. <laughs> no,
0: not very well. And so, um, in she when detectives obviously found all this, she yeah. told them that Shakespeare had gave, given her the money as a gift.
1: A gift. Of a million so dollars he that he to, wouldn't give to any of his friends. He gives to charities, he buys a home for himself, and then he just gives a few million to Dee. Dee.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> so that's her story that she's telling the police. But January 9th, 2009, uh, the ownership of his home is actually transferred to this uh, company called American Medical Professionals, which is owned by Dee, Dee Moore. And... Uh, according to like all the records, it was a million dollar one point one million dollar home, and she gave him six hundred and fifty five thousand for it. They were confused on how that had even occurred because obviously he didn't have any pressure to sell because he had yeah. enough money. Yeah, like he didn't need any more. So yeah, they exactly. were very confused about how this house came to be in her name. Um, but that was all. This happened to all these p- slow purchases, like the mm. the home she took in January. And then it was the like all of his properties and mm. everything that he had was starting to slowly be given over to Didi Moore. And then April 2009 is the last time that he is seen ever in Lakeland, Florida oh, wow. and just in general. So that started in January and then by April, he's completely disappeared.
1: So there's so, like nothing under his name. So she basically stole everything from him.
0: Yeah. And so wow. April 6, 2009, was the last day that Abraham Shakespeare ever used his cell phone. And also in April 2009, Dee Dee Moore called James Moore, who's her ex husband. And she asked him to dig a nine foot deep hole in her yard. And she said, it's just to bury like some trash and like concrete and debris and stuff. Bury trash. Yeah, just bury some, you know, garbage I've got. And so he digs his hole and then two hours later, he's brought back to fill in the hole. And he was being, of course, he was being paid to do some other yard work too. This wasn't like the only thing he gave for. But basically... She also had put in this hole where obviously was Abraham Shakespeare's body. Yeah. She had also put in um, like bags of lime and she like she was clearly premeditating that there was going to be a body to put in this hole, you know. Mm -hmm. So she had a 38 caliber um, Smith and Wesson revolver, which was the murder weapon, and Mm -hmm. she on January 25th, she gave this to like this guy who ended up witnessing, but she she said this is a murder weapon and um I need somebody to like I want this body moved out of my yard and put somewhere else. Like but in January she's trying to get this body moved because she didn't want it in her yard anymore. Even though she had after the body had been buried initially in april
1: yeah. she
0: had covered it in a 30 by 30 foot concrete slab over her yard so basically abraham shakespeare this man who she sold his house his money literally everything he had she buried him in her backyard with the help of her ex-husband and then covered everything in concrete so disturbing what?
1: just What's wrong with this and cold-blooded
0: woman? like clearly a
1: premeditated murder
0: I right. mean, there's no way, there's no way she could be like, oh, it's just a crime of passion. Like I just right. wanted his, man. like no, she. And then she, she, she goes to, to
1: bury him in her backyard. Yeah, like, uh, there's no remorse there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I don't understand that because I could never. I mean, it it just reminds me of um. Did you ever have to read Telltale Heart? Yeah, it reminds that's me what of I was it's like that. W- that's more similar to me of like, if you have someone's body in your house on your property yeah how do you not just think about that all the time i get freaked out by that this lady had this from april to january had this man's body this man who fully trusted her thought she was gonna like help him right had his body in her backyard doesn't care just like she wants the body moved but it's just not clearly not in a hurry
1: that's so disturbing
0: yeah it's gross and the other thing is like for money like how greedy was can you a be? hummer and like a corvette and I a truck know. come on and vacation worth this guy's life and clearly not like it's disgusting but honestly it's really sad because it doesn't stop there like her her actions to try to cover up this murder didn't stop there um oh in august of 2009 um shakespeare's cousin so before she's actually trying to move the body because obviously mm-hmm. she realizes like he can't just be gone for months yeah. and have no one have any idea where he's gone mm-hmm. so she pays his cousin five thousand dollars to um deliver a birthday card to his mother that has like a hundred bucks in it and the cousin says that it's from shakespeare when it really wasn't it was that's from this so woman Dee, Dee moore that's so weird And it's only $5,000 too. I'm like... And it's the cousin? Yeah, the cousin... Of Shakespeare? Of Shakespeare agreed to deliver this card to Shakespeare's mother. Did he know about any? Well, he could assume, I would think. That's so weird. But um, after he delivered the card a couple months later, the same cousin actually filed a missing person's report for Shakespeare because either A, he felt guilty or B, he was just completely clueless as to what was going on. And people obviously in november then is when the investigation starts it starts as a missing persons report and the detectives initially look straight at dd moore and they say how do you have all of his stuff we haven't seen him in months and you've got his house and all his money how did that happen when this is just some random
1: lady it's not like any it's not like they knew yeah they didn't
0: really know each other before like it wasn't like he she was family or anything very strange yeah but she can't and she ends up not being able to explain why he was taken off the account. She said it was because he didn't want to pay taxes, but she can't explain why there was a withdrawal of a million dollars soon after the account was opened and how she had all this stuff. And in November, late November, the Polk County Sheriff's Office declared him officially missing, but they pretty much open it and start investigating as if it was a homicide right away just well, because yeah. they are like, okay, the length this guy's, of time that he's been gone. He's been gone for a really long time and they knew initially like, okay, money could be a huge motive here. Because obviously yeah. everyone knew he won the lottery.
1: Yeah. That's
0: the thing I would be worried about if I won the lottery. Someone killing me in my sleep, taking all my money. Yeah. Like,
1: I money is such
0: a motive. Th- it shouldn't that be. And so
1: crazy that people would just take someone's life just because of money.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like, and, and it really is just a learning lesson because it's like, look at this guy, Abraham Shakespeare. Like, he got all this money and ended up saying he probably would have been better off broke. Like, yeah. it seems like every single person who's super rich at a certain point is like, yeah, wealth doesn't... Wealth isn't everything. It doesn't make you happy. Yeah. So, but still, we cling mm-hmm. on to this idea that, like, being rich will fix everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, back into this actual case... Uh in December two thousand nine, Dee Dee Moore pretends to be Abraham Shakespeare and writes a message. Like basically she takes Abraham Shakespeare's phone and starts making texts, like texting oh, his friends and family, saying, like, I'm, I'm fine, okay. I'm all good, yeah. like I'm just on an island in the Caribbean, like living my life away from everyone. That's so But cool. this was kind of the point where people were um kind of surprised because abraham shakespeare was illiterate (laughs) (laughs) so they were like uh it doesn't sound like something he would say considering he couldn't really read or write very well yeah so what the hell is going on here like how is he
1: texting us so perfectly yeah so basically she just there's no way he got an entire education in that
0: yeah (laughs) so she just kind of like goofed there and that's when people started to be like uh yeah no he's definitely gone someone is pretending to be him yeah. and uh december 5th of 2009 Dee, Dee moore sells the hummer and she just come she's starting to like get rid of stuff mm, because she knows kinda- that she's looking guilty and it's kind of starting to close in on her yeah and she also uh dd moore paid someone to pretend to be abraham shakespeare and call his mom on christmas enough enough of the paying people <laughs> yeah it's just like you're not making the situation better because yeah. his mom's gonna know if it's him or not on the phone like yeah, come on you're not you're not fooling anyone and uh so she actually not just on christmas but a couple other times she pays this guy gregory smith to call um shakespeare's mom pretending to be him because she just she wants to make sure that everyone thinks. He's still alive which clearly they don't because he's a missing person at this point yeah and in january 2010 she contacts gregory smith and said do you know like this guy who'd been pretending to be abraham shakespeare on the phone she says do you know if there's anyone who would uh possibly take fifty thousand dollars and admit that they killed abraham shakespeare like she's just fully just like is there anyone who you know that's, that's already going to jail
1: that would just take the blame Like, come on. Really? That's just so ridiculous. And also, how like, are people like that?
0: She's the other thing is like you're leaving such a trail like you're leaving a full just like there's at least 10 people at this point who know that you've done shady exactly. stuff to pretend that
1: he's still around. Exactly.
0: If there's you didn't cousin, kill him, you wouldn't be so involved. Like, Exactly.
1: I mean, come on. All these people are connected to her now. Yeah, like, there's every arrow is pointing directly at her and
0: so in january i love this part january 21st of 2010 uh there's this guy named mike smith who's a police officer in florida and he uh gregory smith introduces him to dd moore he's working undercover and he pretends to be this person who's going to go to jail already mm-hmm. and so um Dee moore says i'll pay you fifty thousand dollars if you say that you killed abraham shakespeare so this guy work this police officer working undercover is like okay but i need to know where he's buried yeah so then Dee moore shows um gregory smith the guy that she knew where shakespeare is buried and gives him the murder weapon oh and then uh so then obviously after that gregory smith like Tells the police officer yeah. who he was working with what happens, mm-hmm. and January twenty seventh two thousand ten, police find the body uh at her house a day after starting to dig at this site. Yeah,
1: like criminals are stupid. Yes, come on, really? Like that's what I was saying earlier with when my dad was doing like the undercover. Like this guy pretended to be a drug dealer and they just caught him. Like I don't know. There's there's so much evidence and. Yeah.
0: And she clearly at this point, they have enough evidence to make a case against her because right. A, the body was at her house. B, yeah. she knew where it was. C, she was trying to cover it up. Yeah. So, and she has
1: motive. They think the they're money. above everything. Yeah. But when you involve like 10 different people, like, what do you expect? It's like, she just thought she was so much smarter than everyone I else. Know.
0: Which is so ridiculous because she was clearly an idiot. <laughs>
1: but I feel like that's so common. They just all think they're smarter think- than everyone else and they all think they're going to get away with it.
0: Yeah, that is true. I feel like people who think that they are good enough to get away with murder usually are not. Yeah. <laughs> like, people don't realize it's impossible. Well, I think it's impossible to commit the perfect murder. Like, it just can't yeah. happen because there's always, like, you can't just kill someone important that yeah. people love and then bury them in your backyard. Like, there's just yeah. no, you're gonna get caught. Yeah. No matter, anytime you murder someone, I think, most of the time. Yeah. Unless there's bad police
1: work, you're gonna get caught. Yeah, because I mean, there's cases that go cold and 20 years later, they yeah find the look person at the Golden State
0: Killer, right? Did you hear about that? Yeah, they he literally like they didn't find him for 20 years, and he raped like I think over 30 people and killed like 13 people or something like that. And this guy is like in his 70s now. Yeah, they caught him because of DNA. Like yeah as technology gets better and better there's just going to be less and less cold cases like Mm -hmm. this it's not easy to commit a murder and get away with it like i and i feel like that's such a good thing because times have really Mm -hmm. really changed there's been a steep uphill in how good people are how good detective work is how good
1: police work is being able to catch people i considered majoring in forensics or something like that and then i realized that you had to do chemistry <laughs> <laughs> and i said never mind very quickly
0: <laughs> that's so funny i totally wanted there was a period in my life where i wanted to be a medical examiner yeah
1: i, I mean it seems like an interesting job
0: yeah but my sister then- my sister wanted i think still possibly wants to be a forensic um she wants to be a forensic Either pathologist or psychologist I think I wanted to be a friend she wants to like interview people that are on she wants to do uh, basically psychiatry for people <laughs> on death row like, oh that's interesting yeah it, I I mean I didn't even know that was a job <laughs> so but I assume like I guess yeah it's important to take note of how those people are doing mentally make sure that they're not insane so that they don't get killed if they should have gotten off on an insanity play right but yeah crazy there's a job for everything (laughs) there really is um so obviously after they find the body it's not long january 29th they find the body and february 2nd they take dd moore into custody uh into custody she's charged at first with accessory to murder and then the third her bond is set at a million (laughs) dollars just for this accessory charge because they're already looking at her for the murder yeah and then in later in february february 19th she's charged with first degree murder In March, in court, she pleads not guilty, but eventually, in December of 2012 so fast forward two years the trial yeah. takes mm-hmm. she's found guilty of first degree murder and she is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole so Dee yeah. moore she was clearly guilty of the, yeah. of the killing from from the first moment that she met him i have no doubt yeah. that her intention was to kill him mm-hmm. uh which is really terrifying because it's like who do i know that's right just, just right? in it f- to kill me Like
1: <laughs> we never know yeah we never know
0: no most people are killed by someone they know that scares me a lot just well if it makes you feel any better most of it is second degree murder where it's like just a moment of passion like an anger that just takes someone out but um yeah this is terrifying to me the idea that someone could come into my life completely for the purpose of wanting to screw me over or like kill me Mm -hmm. yeah that's just a nightmare i don't i think you're right about the and, and be anonymous if you win the lottery
1: i know because like as soon as you have that money it's like being a celebrity. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to experience that, but I feel like people would use you. Or like for Amy social would probably, climbing and I, I mean,
0: celebrities get death threats every single day. That's scary.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's just like I don't know. You could be a TikTok star <laughs> and get death threats.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, social media makes it way too easy for people. Back in the day, if you wanted to send a death threat, you had to really send... You couldn't just like be like, oh, I'm angry, send a death threat. It had to be... You had to write that out. You had to put a stamp on it. Mm -hmm. You had to write your return address. You really had to be dedicated to sending a death threat. Now, it's just like anyone can send a death threat. Yeah,
1: exactly. I... Okay, this reminds me. In like sixth grade, I got a voicemail on my phone that was like, I know where you are. I know where you live. I'm going to come to your house and kill you. I was in sixth grade. I, and it was one of those numbers that was like 12 digits. So it wasn't like a, like a cell phone. Like it was some, some like weird, like maybe computer generated thing. I was so scared for my life. I like never walked in front of a window. That's horrible. No. Yeah. And I was like 12 years old. That's ridiculous. And I like told my parents and my dad's a police officer. And he's like, you're fine like you're it's just like someone prank calling you but that yeah. scared me like a lot like come on i was 12 years old like i know that's scary yeah
0: i uh i remember one time do you remember this app called uvu yes <laughs> it's like a facetiming app it's basically the kick of facetime yeah and um one time i went on uvu and i just like i was getting a call from someone i didn't know and i mm. was like whatever i was in Oh, gosh i want to say i was like a freshman or sophomore in high school mm-hmm. i was getting this call i was like okay i'll just answer whatever so i pick up and it's this guy mm-hmm. and he's like slowly taking off his clothes on camera and i was like ah what yeah. the heck yeah so i x out of the call yeah but after you answer the call then yeah. the person who called you has permission to message you so he started oh, messaging yeah. me all this stuff like if you don't come back on the call i'll kill you and all this stuff that's so scary yeah i was freaked out so and he was like an older guy too so i was freaking out yeah so i just deleted the app entirely and then i just was like okay i'm never again answering a call from
1: stranger and
0: i have not since i i never re downloaded the app i was so scared i was like okay
1: i never know how much people know or can do Mm -hmm. because like i feel like if i answer a call people can track my call and well, see where i am and all that kind of stuff and i get so suspicious maybe it's because i watched a trillion crime documentaries <laughs> as a child but i don't know that just scares me
0: well and just the fact that there's like sites like the white pages i don't know if you've ever oh gone oh my that. gosh yeah where it's like you can just type on the internet you can just type someone's name in and they will come up their address their phone number like i typed in my family because i was interested to see yeah. like what would come up It was terrifying. Me, all my siblings, our phone numbers, our address. I was like, "Who? how how do you get that information? I know. know. It's just like, because all that's out there, now I feel like you have to take every death threat seriously. Yeah.
1: Because everyone has access to where you are. Mm Mm-hmm that scares me a lot
0: that's why i kind of like living at college now is because i feel very safe because you need a key card to get into my building yeah and then you need a key card to get into my room and then there's three people in my room and there's there's like a million people roaming about in my building Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay nothing bad can really happen to me here because there's so many people but and
1: there's no specific address for your room
0: (laughs) exactly but and obviously it's a shifting person in there so no one knows like it's me and in whichever right. room mm-hmm. but it's just freaky like it's it's scary knowing that all that information is on the internet like yeah. anyone could find me
1: yeah that's Ugh. really scary because like i don't know like how far does that go like if you really wanted to find someone you could i mean how did Didi moore find abraham shakespeare she probably went online just searched she was up. she searched him up his information was there boom she's in his life now like if i search up my dad like cases will come up and stuff like that and like pictures of criminals like that scares me
0: yeah that is scary because it's like what if someone decides that they're mad at your dad right and then all your information and, is online
1: and yeah because like so we we're talking about this the other day my dad's like if I ever see like one of the people that I've arrested or had to deal with before like you guys are I I'll like say a code word and you guys are not with me like you guys are not my family like you guys are like separate like when we're in public because like that's scary you don't like he's seen like criminals that he's like arrested at gas stations and just like wherever like and he doesn't want us to be involved with that because you know that's scary like you don't know how willing these people are to just let loose and you know what i mean
0: yeah my dad is pretty like present online because he works online like as a journalist and stuff yeah he never he's never posted a photo of any of us online because he yeah. he's like i could say the wrong thing one day and then one of these people who's just got like a screw loose could come after you guys right like either online or just like he doesn't want anyone i guess he doesn't want from him to be the source that comes like photos of our faces
1: and stuff right yeah it's just
0: and it's kind of freaky that it, even if you have a private instagram like i have a private instagram account yeah Um, even if you, your Instagram is private, if you search your name on Google, photos from your Instagram will pop up. That's true. Yeah.
1: Just in a public Google search. Yeah. Because I mean, when I was younger, my parents used to be like, you're not posting any pictures of yourself. Your Instagram will not be your name, your name. Like I wasn't allowed to have social media until like middle school, Yeah, which I mean, I feel like that's normal, but even then I like, wasn't supposed to post pictures of myself and like, I mean, i do know obviously because yeah, i'm too. a teenage Everyone girl does that. yeah but i don't know yeah it's, it's weird it's
0: really interesting because same thing when i first got social media like my parents are just like yeah no you're my first username was emma 233 because
1: i wasn't allowed to put my last name yeah. in it like mine was tom's like the shoes <laughs> no. i was like tom's 0239 or something
0: yeah it's so weird because now that's just not a thing no yeah. one cares now. Yeah. Now everyone's name. Now everyone's put their on freaking it. address in there.
1: Yeah, I know. They put their first name, their last name, the middle name, their city that they're in, the, the school, school that they, they go to. to. I mean, I'm probably guilty of that, but
0: I have my school in my bio, but I also know that there's like a million people that go to my school. And I also know that like 50% of the people that go to my school are named Emma. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so weird.
1: Like, just. No one's concerned about it anymore, too, is the weird thing. Because there's so many people on it, and there's not so many cases where what we're talking about has happened.
0: Yeah. I'm actually hoping to soon not to uh, talk about it before it's actually out, but I want to do a whole series on the podcast about, like, cyber murders. Yeah. Like, stuff that's happened because of being online, because I think that's super interesting. My friend Kelsey actually recommended that, Mm -hmm. and it's just like... I was looking into it a little bit more and there's so much yeah crazy stuff like, that's happened.
1: That reminds me because I was watching the documentary on um the Slenderman killings. Mm, and, I talked
0: about that in the Halloween bonus.
1: And I just like that's so scary to me because those like girls were just kids. Yeah. And like kids and believe what they see in here. And a lot of you know, the, they like, don't know the extent of what they did.
0: A lot of the there was also um, a kid because of Slenderman. This wasn't like as mainstream as the case where those two girls murdered their classmate, but right. one kid tried to to kill his uh, mother. Oh my gosh. With a knife, and then one kid tried to set their house on fire with their baby sister and parents inside.
1: That's insane because they
0: said Slenderman told them to.
1: That's I'm insane. Like, what? That's so scary. Like, who's running this website? Who? Like, who... I, I don't know.
0: What is the internet? I know. And why does it, it do such bad I know. things? And why are people greedy? And why is life hard sometimes? These are the questions I want to know. Yeah. Me but, too. Yeah, I guess there's really... There's just nothing you can do. Like... Yeah. At this point, all my everything about me is probably somewhere
1: online. Like yeah. That's really scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, because... Also, just because everything is done through... Websites now. Like, I got my room assignment for Chapman online. Yeah. Someone wanted to find that. They could probably find it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just the direction we're moving. Fraud
1: and stuff, like pretending to be someone. Like, if you're online, like, how hard can it be? You know, people can find us on white pages and whatever. And then you think about how that's just the first level of the internet. And then you go into the dark web. Oh, gosh. You think, (laughs)
0: You got to well, come back for my web I don't, series. I, I
1: don't know if I'm important enough to be in the dark web, <laughs> but, but I could be. Yeah, Ugh, crazy. Yeah, there's just too much information out there. Yeah, but what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Nothing. We can't do anything. <laughs> no. And on that note, <laughs> I think it's
0: time to transition to my favorite segment on this show: happy things. <laughs> So, after, you know, having a deep conversation about the dark web and your information being online and not being able to stop yourself from uh, people finding your address and things like that, I think it's time to move the conversation in a more positive direction. So, Happy Things is just a segment in broadcast, they call it the kicker, where you just say one good thing that's happened in your week, one good thing that's going to happen, and just like, I don't know, something happy Yes. As opposed to all the dark stuff we just talked about. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: I don't care. You can go first.
0: Okay. I think my happy thing is I watched The Mandalorian with um, Harley and my little brother and it was yeah. so good. And I don't know if you have Disney Plus. Yeah, but I do. Mandalorian <laughs> is like a Star Wars spinoff show that's on Disney Plus. It's yeah. super good. And I'm just really excited about it because I thought it was going to be terrible um and also there's this one character on it and if you i won't say because i don't want to give spoilers but there's this one character on it if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about so cute i would literally (laughs) defend this character with my life so i'm just yeah i'm i'm like in the mandalorian and just disney plus in general
1: i like having all my throwback shows yeah i'll keep that in mind because michael my boyfriend wants me to watch that with him because i have disney plus and he does not so he's going to use me (laughs)
0: i know Harley was like can i get your disney plus account i was like fine and he has my netflix too i was like yeah i know michael has my netflix too i'm (sighs) like oh
1: god yeah no i'm getting him into everything i'm like yeah like i'm watching hannah montana he's like like can i watch <laughs> and like now he's watching friends and he used to be like uh friends is so like eh. and like it's just so basic but like come on it's a classic it is a classic
0: i think that people that hate on the classics too much just do it because they're sad like they're popular for <laughs> yeah. a reason
1: yeah that's very true or they watch well, like, the first ep yeah i know i saw his instagram story no but, or they watch like the first episode and then they're like eh but the first, the first episodes, season, the season is worst. never yeah the best like the office come on True. True. And I've heard the same about Parks and Rec. First season sucks. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. But anyway, my happy thing. um, Probably that we don't have school this week. It's a great yes. relief on me. All my college apps are in and done.
0: Oh, that was the best feeling. Yeah. Last year. It's that's like when I started planning the podcast was after I finished <laughs> my college apps. I was
1: like, finally. <laughs> yeah. Some free time. Where'd you apply? Um, just like Cal States and then... I applied to OCC. I mean, I didn't like apply. I registered because you don't really have to apply to community college, but they have like housing there. It's oh, cool! Opening in fall twenty twenty, so I might just do that because I already signed my lease for that. Please don't find Dang. me. I hope nobody <laughs> finds me. But um, yeah, so it's it's been it's been pretty good. Um, I kind of want to go to San Francisco though. That's why I was thinking about like That's San awesome. Francisco and the Zodiac Killer in the shower. <laughs> what college in san francisco uh san francisco state that's awesome yeah i don't know i've heard a lot of people like it and a lot of people don't so i'll have to tour it's it gonna and... be
0: like that with every school you go to yeah
1: that's very <laughs> true but yeah they're the only school that has like the major well that in long beach they have the major that i want to study. what major fashion merchandising oh that's awesome i'd yeah, like the only cal states i guess because i'm sure like ucla and all those you know private schools and everything but i don't know that's great. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. It's it's kind of a relief, but kind of not because now I have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just... Just with your time. Yeah. And, like, I have four classes and that's it. Now you get to just take it easy. Exactly. But it, I'm taking it a little too easy. I don't know what to <laughs> do anymore. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm making plans, I guess. Going to a spin class tomorrow. Ooh fancy i've never gone to one and i'm very very scared
0: you're gonna be fine
1: you're athletic i used to be (laughs)
0: well on that note i think we're gonna end the podcast right there so thank you guys so so much for listening today it has been a crazy wild ride lots of rants lots of fun stuff uh if you want to support the podcast you can go online and go to patreon.com slash horrible thanks and become a patron Or you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rate and review. That helps us get found by other people. But most importantly, just thank you so much for listening and for sharing this podcast with people. That is really how we get found. That is the best thing ever. And thank you guys just so, so much for listening to all the stuff that we put out. You're amazing. I appreciate it. My sister appreciates it. Everyone who guests on the podcast appreciates it, that we are not just talking into the void. (laughs) But again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode today. And remember. It is inevitable that all of your information is on the internet. And always stay
1: anonymous when winning the lottery. (laughs) And most importantly,
0: don't don't do horrible things.
1: (laughs)